Idly Holy Podcast Arenas. What is going on? Welcome to the Maham McCann Podcast. If this is your first time, a weekly philosophy and lifestyle podcast where we explore deep topics for personal development. This week, I wanted to talk about courage. Why talk about courage? I guess I'd mentioned it in the previous podcast on Sober October that courage was essential really for habit changes, for transformations, for changing your salience landscape and for any sort of personal development really. Um, Courage, you could argue, as Samuel Johnson does, that courage is the foundational virtue because without courage, you can't practice any of the other virtues. This is a pretty good reason to talk about it, I think. Um, It's not a very frequent conversation in our culture at the moment. I don't know if anybody's ever approached you and given you a lecture on courage. Probably not. I doubt in your education at any point somebody's gone, hey man, you should fucking learn what courage is because it's really good. And this is kind of... The thing is, I suppose, in this talk is that knowing what courage is is the same as having courage. That's Aristotle's argument that, you know, we don't practice virtue because we don't actually know what the virtue is. We need a particular practice to separate virtue and vice from one another so that we can get a clearer understanding of it. And I guess that's what this talk is about. The second half of the talk, which is the dark conflict at the heart of masculinity, comes from the second half of that quote by Samuel Johnson which kind of summarized is we have more respect for the robber on the highway that comes out and stabs you in the front than the one that sneaks up behind you and hits you in the back. And that's because courage is such a valuable virtue that even when bad people exhibit it, we still have admiration for it. I think that's a really interesting idea, that courage is so important that even in terms of vice, we can still admire it. And you might think, what the hell, That's, that sounds like a load of baloney to me. Either of those dudes robbing you is probably not a great option. But this kind of, the dichotomy between right courage and wrong courage, I think comes very close to the heart of the problems of a lot of young men. Surprise, surprise, young men want to be courageous because people admire courage. Uh, Women are attracted to courageous men. I mean, who gets the most women? Athletes, actors, entrepreneurs, men that take risks, men that put themselves out there. And courage is the foundation of that. Um, Without courage, you could not put yourself into those situations that would lead to your success. Um, An interesting quote from F. Scott Fitzgerald on his book, uh, Another Side of Paradise, or a side of paradise. Jesus, my memory is not good for these things. But um, he said that the greatest line of literature ever written in the English language was, if you can't be an artist or a soldier, it's best to be a criminal. Which, again, very interesting. I mean, what's with all the, the worship for, you know, bad actions, basically? And I think it comes down to this. So we, if we can say courage is a virtue, courage is something we admire, courage is something we aspire to, what happens with that bad kind of courage? An example of this is Walter White. The entire plot line of 
the first episode of Breaking Bad is cowardly chemistry teacher who gets shit on by everybody, can't get it up for his wife, goes out and becomes a violent drug dealer, commits loads of crimes and kills people, and then can come home and is an absolute stud. Which I think is really, because we all go, woohoo, go Walter, kill all those people, man, you're awesome, you're doing it, bro, live your best life. But uh, at the same time, in real life, people like that are to be avoided. Um, so what does it reveal about our collective consciousness or our, our cultural values, that kind of duplicity at the heart of it? That on one level, these things are completely immoral, but also on another level, they require courage to do them. I think this can help explain a lot of the behavior of young men, because young men get a lot of stick these days. I mean... If you were to say boys will be boys, people would say you're abdicating moral responsibility, which maybe you are, but I think there's a little missing piece here, um, which is that young men are trying to be courageous and you don't always know what courage is. That's kind of the theme of this talk. If you knew what courage was, you wouldn't have problems having courage. So what is courage? Aristotle when explaining how we know what any virtue is, offers a golden mean approach. What that means is you define a virtue by the vices. You know, the the poison is made by the dose. So no courage or not having any courage is cowardice. Too much courage is foolishness or recklessness. So you learn by repeated exposure, by developing phronesis, a kind of moral wisdom, what's cowardice and what's recklessness. And then the in-between of that is courage. I think that's a really interesting process. That's a really, because it's a hard thing to pay attention to. You might think, oh, I know what courage is. Maybe you had to do a presentation or something and you didn't really want to and you had to step up and do it. But And maybe that's given you, you know, maybe cowardice would have been making an excuse. Maybe recklessness would have been not preparing and just charging in. And so then courage has to do with all of these other things, like being correctly prepared, being like, is it, it's, virtues are very complicated things. Um, an example of this was that I was out running yesterday, um, which required some amount of courage uh, because I was fucking exhausted. But I was running and I was kind of about seven or eight kilometers in, um, in the Lagan Meadows beside the Lagan River. And, uh, there was a dog that was struggling to get out of the water. Now, this was on the actual island, so it's on the other side of the lagoon. Um, the two women that were walking the dog were trying to get the dog back up on the bank. I noticed this because people on my side of the river had stopped to watch. So now you have a dog that's clearly in some amount of trouble. Um, the lady seemed to be struggling to get the dog back up onto land, there was another group of people that seemed to be crossing a bridge to go around to try and help. And I kind of ran into this situation. Now, my, if the dog was on my side, it would have been very straightforward to get them back. I'm now in a position where I'd have to run around further. Would I be any faster than the people that are already going over to collect the dog? Or is that just cowardice? What in that situation should I have pulled up my trousers and stomped through the river and threw the dog up on the bank and headed back and ran home. Maybe. 
um, I guess in the situation, you have to use your moral judgment to figure it out. It seemed like the dog was managing okay. It wasn't in massive amounts of trouble. And if the two women couldn't get it out, there was other people going there. So I opted to keep running. Maybe on reflection, if somebody was to tell me that the dog drowned or that somebody drowned getting the dog, I would have made an error. I would have made a, an incorrect judgment. And we're faced with these type of situations all the time, constantly in our lives. And they're always mysterious. There's no right and wrong are very contextual and require a lot of that phronesis, that moral wisdom to know one from the other. Um, it's a lot of shades of gray. And I guess this type of framework, thinking about what's cowardice, thinking about what's reckless, thinking about what's courageous, can help you decide how to act in those situations. And maybe not perfectly, but it is something that can prepare you for the unpreparable. So with that bit of information about knowing what courage is by knowing what it isn't, what are some ways that you can learn to employ courage or to know courage better so you can employ it? In Stoicism, they recommend imagining the ideal sage to know what virtue is. So something you'll notice about people that you admire is that you're drawn to certain qualities about them. And it's kind of involuntary. I mean, sometimes you admire things about people like Walter White that you probably shouldn't admire. I mean, but the fact that he's, you know, quit his job and he's going around, you know, being the danger and the cool guy and everything, we kind of go, that's actually, you know, I would be a better person if I was like that. Maybe not killing people, but if I could somehow actualize that kind of, you know, courageous behavior in a lot of senses in my own life, I would be improved. So picking an ideal sage, probably not Walter White, to be fair, a bit complicated, a bit of an anti-hero, but choosing an ideal sage for courage, a person who you think embodies courage, and then asking yourself in those situations, what would they do? How would they act? And then, you know, if you're acting in a way that doesn't line up with what you admire, you're in a sort of performative contradiction. And we do this all the time. I mean, it's very easy to become complacent or to slip into unconsciousness so it's a good idea to kind of remind yourself sometimes you know what is it exactly that i admire you know what does the courageous person look like what is it about their courage particularly that i admire is it you know it might be completely out of context uh, it might be something that's unexpected or unique but having an ideal sage for courage gives you that option of you know what would jesus do what would Socrates do, as they say in Stoicism? What would the ideal sage do in this situation? The second tip is that, you know, thinking about Walter White, he's living in this dangerous world of drugs and shooting people and there's Gustavo Fring and people trying to kill him. You know, he's got all these opportunities to exercise courage, all these challenges that most people don't have, you know, most of us live pretty stale bureaucratic lives where we're working at home and, you know, you fucking watch TV and you eat food. And, the, you know, it might seem like courage is a completely alien world. So this is to fix courage down in a way that everybody can exercise it. Something that you'll find across definitions of courage is that it usually involves facing fear. I posted a quote on Instagram from Nelson Mandela. Um, which was something to the effect of, you know, 
courage isn't not being afraid courage is being afraid but still doing it anyway um courage seems to be getting over the fear conquering the fear and everybody has fear so you might not have the challenges you might not have the whole you know although life you know throws a lot of shit at you but you might only have the wherever you are you are a person who has fear we all have fears every single one of us even those the most courageous of people are probably just pretty good at hiding them um so the courageous way of living is about facing that fear there's an exercise you can do called fear setting which is writing down the things that you're afraid of and then basically building a plan to become unafraid of them and you might not know what they are i mean they might be public speaking they might be spiders they might be your parents they might be failure they might be you know whatever it is um it can be anything but every person has fear and the more you start to face your fear the more courageous you get um sometimes in life you can feel very boxed in you can feel very surrounded on all sides and knowing a little bit about courage can help you go on the offensive it can help you start taking steps towards that fear and to know that you're part of a tradition of people that have practiced courage all the way back to you know god knows how old these virtues are or how old courage is even before we had a word for courage but facing your fear is something that you can do it's something that you have it's something that actually requires probably very little kind of tools or implementations there's lots of things to be afraid of um so that's how you can practice courage in your own life and then something about fear i guess um that will be useful for practicing courage there's a quote from albert camus those who lack courage will always find a philosophy to justify it if that doesn't make you shake in your boots you're not really thinking about it that's a very scary truth about the human mind which is that the things we're afraid of we tend to make up stories about why they don't matter or why they don't count or why they can be ignored it's a it's a terrible thing to realize that your entire philosophy of life could be designed to prevent you from confronting things that you're afraid of. And I think that's the case for a lot of people. I think a lot of the big philosophies floating around in our culture at the moment are philosophies like that. They're justifications. They allow you to keep living the way you're living, insulated away from challenges and ethical away from ethical challenges that would transform you as a person um they allow you to stay in kind of the the safe world um that you've built for yourself of your presuppositions and assumptions about the world and to not challenge yourself so you got to ask yourself honestly is my philosophy justifying my lack of courage or is my philosophy actively challenging me to face fears and to exercise courage in my life. Something I learned in martial arts a long time ago is that the mind makes a lot of excuses. The mind is very good at saying, you know, oh we shouldn't do this or we shouldn't do that or, you know, that's not safe or and if you know what your goal is, if you are going to face your fear, you're also going to have to face that obstacle 
that inner obstacle of all the rationalizations of all the stories that you tell yourself that it doesn't matter of all those walls you've put up to protect you but which actually keep you from becoming the best person that you could possibly be um inside of fear inside of the place that you least want to go is what you most need there's an interesting kind of idea behind that which is that your potential the potential that you have to actualize is going to be hidden in the places that you don't go obviously because you'll be able to actualize all of the potential in the places that you do go so your potential as you push further into it will require you to go deeper and deeper into dark forests here's an interesting thing to know in the quest for the holy grail all of the knights of the round table start where the forest looks darkest to them it's not where the forest is objectively darkest it's where it looks darkest to you so if you want a romantic adventure for your life um something that's meaningful that's exciting that's adventurous it's taking on the ethical responsibility of facing fear, exercising courage, and becoming who you could be as a result. The ethical responsibility of giving birth to yourself, which is kind of a funny way of putting it, but the ethical responsibility for your future self coming into existence. Because nobody can do that for you. I mean, there isn't a government body that's going to be able to self-actualize for you. There isn't going to be an app for it. There isn't going to be a five-minute YouTube tutorial on how to become psychologically whole. Um, And if my argument is to be believed, courage is the first step along that journey. So I hope that this has explained a little bit more about courage and given you an appreciation for that courage is a renewable resource so no matter how many challenges you face in your life no matter how many transformations you have to undergo no matter how many opponents you face your courage will only fail if you fail your courage if you continue to know what the courageous path is what foolishness is what recklessness is and to pay attention to it uh, being courageous becomes part of your character it gets not necessarily easier but certainly more familiar a life without courage would be probably not worth it and we all have to exhibit it in different ways you know little big whatever else you know putting a toe into where you're afraid requires courage and is very much deserving of respect no matter what it is it's not necessarily it's always funny courage is always depicted as the lion this big huge you know roaring beast but it could genuinely be as simple as you know applying for a job that you're afraid of or you know having that conversation that you don't really want to have but that you know you should have and there's nothing worse in life than than losing that than losing that path or the will to live that way um you become a moral failure and once fear wins the game's over you know you'll end up with one of those philosophies of resentment and vengeance which justifies your own cowardice or your own inability to take responsibility for your life so yeah in summary courage is a virtue that underlies all other virtues 
you know courage through a golden mean practice of identifying foolishness and recklessness and that courage is the golden mean between them that we can admire courage in the wrong places and that that can tell us that courage is so important that even bad people can exhibit it and that can tell us about how to exhibit it well that can help us with that golden mean practice and some ways for employing courage are having an ideal sage facing fear in your life and overcoming the excuses that your mind makes up for you yeah that's it and there's a good quote by was it eddie beckenbacker that courage is above all the first trait of the warrior so that's how you become a warrior facing your fear and we all got fear so we can all be warriors i hope it's useful